0: Welcome to Redefining Yoga, a movement by Laura podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns. So together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings everywhere. Today is an uplifting, but also serious topic about sustainability, the concept of sustainability. And this occurred to me today, as it, many days, but today especially, I was talking to my daughter about topics for an essay. She was about to take her ACTs, and there are there's an essay section, and we were talking about relevant topics in the news. And she said, "Do you have any ideas?" And I said, "Well, you could talk about sustainability because it's it is in the news, not quite as much as it should be, but there was this really uh, dramatic." Study that research or a conclusion that scientists have made um, about our efforts in sustainability and how we have about fifteen years to steer the ship in a different direction, or the effects of global warming may be too too strong and too much to recover from. And so that was, I think, a pretty dramatic um scientific gathering of information and of course we've had so many natural disasters all over the world it's almost like a, a weekly headline and i think what what came to my mind is when i was talking to my daughter is you know why are we not freaking out a little bit more you know about this the state of our world and and the environment and my daughter and I were talking about it and I was sharing with her this concept of seven generations. You know, I said, do you, you know the, the products, seventh generation, and they have wonderful recycled products. And it's they, that whole concept came from um, the American Indians who really lived with this ethos that you didn't just act on your desires today, but you thought about the impact of it for seven generations so it's not even just the next generation, but seven generations. And so this just led to a lot of lovely um, exchange with my daughter about how what we do today is impacting not only my daughter's generation, not only her children's generation, um, or her, yeah, her, her children's and her their generation, but even beyond that. And and so I thought about this concept of sustainability because I, I talk about it on the yoga mat, sustainable movement patterns and how important it is. And there's just so much of this crossover between this, how we live off the mat in it's sustainable in, in a sustainable way, and then how we live on the mat in a sustainable way. So I'd first like to define sustainability. I love words and I love de- definitions. And so the definitions that I came that I came across, one is the ability to be maintained at a certain rate or level. And the other one is the avoidance of the depletion of natural resources in order to maintain an ecological balance. So that would be in the case of the environmental sustainability. But it's this ability to maintain a certain rate or level that's interesting and And I think that the the big question is how do we stay present with where we are now in all the ways we want to stay present because we often aren't. And that is often our biggest goal is to be more present. And how do we stay present and yet also think about the future and think about the impact of our now-ness on the future? And I think it's 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 so fascinating how, how we can bury our head in the sand about this idea of the future and, and our impact of what we're doing now on the future. And that can be how we're living our life in, a, in an economically sustainable way. It's like when people max out their credit cards or they use their credit cards to pay off stuff. I mean, I'm, I don't want to get into, because I know everybody has, kind of different levels of comfort or actual needs for using that. But the credit card agencies have really made quite a killing on people just not living in the future and living in the here and now and buying stuff now and attempting to pay off for it later. And we as a society, uh, we're, we're we're thinking that we're, we're rewarding that and yet we're really not because there is a payback for that. So, when we spend more than we have financially, it's very difficult. The financial burden we will feel at some point. And we can't just say, oh, that's not going to happen for another five or 10 years. We do have to think about how it's going to impact us then, because ultimately it'll be a lot worse. But similarly, we have to think about how we sustain ourselves emotionally. You know, now um, what, what we're giving of ourselves. And, or how we're not examining the needs, um, our emotional needs. And that might be because we've stuffed them down somewhere and, and just think like, that's how I'm going to survive right now. But the impact of the, the future, the sustainability of that, we don't really take into consideration. So it really crosses over into all the realms of our life. And I think that if We practice the here and now with this feeling of how will this be for me in the future? How will my actions benefit me or not in the future? And then we have to go beyond our own self and our own needs and think how are our actions emotionally, physically, ecologically, how are these going to impact others? And so my call to action for all of us is to be more sustainable. So on the yoga mat, I talk about sustainability all the time. It's the movement and body patterns are exactly the same. We aren't necessarily inspired to change until something is affected. And then we have to pay attention. It's like the body has to basically scream at us until we start paying attention. And that's not necessary. We shouldn't have to go to that extreme um, and I know a lot of it is an un- 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 unknowing. we We really we don't know what we don't know, and we certainly don't know if we're moving in in poor suboptimal um, patterns with compensatory strategies until somebody like me points it out or some kind of tweakiness or injury occurs. But um, we I think in our yoga practice and in other movement practices, we can't bury our head in the sand just because it feels good now. Um, Just because we could take shortcuts or, you know, not do like just do one thing all the time. The people that just run and they run a hundred miles a week and they don't balance the body movement in other ways. Yes, they're in great shape, but it's also a very limited movement experience and that won't be sustainable in the long run. And it's not that running is bad or running that much is bad. I mean, we could you know, go back and forth on that. There's a lot of more information about running than just the fact that somebody's running. We'd have to look at how they're running and what surface and all that kind of stuff. But it's not so much that the running is bad, it's that there's lack of, uh, if, if people don't have other movement patterns that they're incorporating to balance out that um, the, the muscles that are just repetitively doing the same thing, then that won't be sustainable. But then running gets a bad rap. It's like I remember when I was running, which I don't anymore, and I can talk about that. But um uh, when I was running and someone would inevitably say, Oh yeah, well, someday you won't be able to run. And, you know, we're not really made to run. Our knees are gonna give out or you're gonna our knees will be shot. I used to run too, but now my knees are shot. And so there's obviously some level of truth to that, but it's I think it's this idea that when we were performing that or the person who said that is performing it, there, there was no thought about the future. Like if right now it's fine, I can run and do nothing else. But sustainability wise, it's going to be better for my joints, better for all my soft um, tissues, my muscles to have more of a balance. Now, a lot of people over the years have realized that cross training was a very novel idea. And then it came about oh, I would say, you know, what, 20 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. And then it was just huge. Like, wow, it's so much better to cross train. And there's a lot of truth to that because people who could look back in time from the, you know, now they're on the other end of that sustainability and they're like feeling repercussions of it, could look back and say, hey, maybe if one were to add multiple movement patterns and different disciplines, you know, you run, you bike, you do some yoga, um, maybe then it would be much more sustainable for the body in the long run. I think what what's most important is that we move in the here and now every day. We don't wait until uh, we, you know, have injured ourselves or not injured ourselves, whether it's doing too much of one thing or too little of one thing. So I think for a lot of people, they're not doing enough movement, period, and that is not sustainable either. So we have to think just because you can get away with it, like you're, you know, in your twenties or something. And by the way, I've seen a lot of 20 year olds who are feeling the repercussions of not moving enough. But let's just say for the sake of argument that when you're younger, you're not feeling the repercussions of not moving. You know, you're working or you're going to school and then you're sitting and sitting some more and driving the car and sitting some more. And you're so exhausted from all the sitting that you actually don't feel like exercising. Well, it might not show up in the same way in your 20s that it'll show up later on. And so we do have to think from, I I would love to get this in our programs in our schools. Why are the kids sitting for so long? They need to be moving more. It shouldn't just be like one 30 to 60 minute PE class where there might be some movement in it, but they really should have movement incorporated in their day so that the sustainability is happening from the beginning, that that in the here and now, the kids need it for other reasons. They need to move anyway, but they also need it for their brains and um, focus. But for the future, when they get in that habit of moving every day, it's going to their body. The sustainability of of that movement is going to be much better. So, on the mat, I, I I just talk about this all the time. And I and I was just um, conversing with one of my. Graduates of, of a teacher training program who's teaching abroad now. And she came to me, um, she had already gone through a teacher training of an, in a specific discipline. And I'm, I'm just going to say it now um, without bashing it. It's Ashtanga. And I think there's lots of probably positive aspects to Ashtanga, but she had um, done that. And she was in her late 20s. And after practicing and teaching, This method for a while, Ashtanga, she got to a point where her SI joint and the surrounding area was, she was in so much pain. She couldn't practice yoga anymore. And she really thought that that was it. Like she was done with yoga. And then I remember she contacted me through Instagram and said, can we do a private? Because I'm kind of, you know, in this really downstate because I'm so young and yet I, and I love yoga and yet it has injured me. So we worked together and then she started coming to some of my 500 hour programs and then she came to my 200. And so PS, now she is doing great. She feels amazing. And she'll write me just, um, effusive commentaries about how this, this just, you know, this method, um, has changed her life. And what it points out to me is that you aren't ever too young to feel the repercussions of suboptimal movement. And what she was doing was not sustainable. And then she felt the effects of it. And now she's doing something different and she's feeling amazing. And my hope is that we don't have to be like that we don't have to get to that place where we become injured before we realize that we actually need to make some shifts and be more sustainable. So whether it's in your yoga practice or whether it's in your life in other ways, how can we all be more sustainable? And I will first speak about the the physical on the mat. Um so one is that we we just need to be present in our Movement patterns in the here and now, now, and even if we're doing something that uh, you have read about or seen, and the science is showing that is actually probably not good, even though you're not feeling it right now, you have to start thinking forward as well. Like, is this actually good for me in ten years? So, some of the examples of that would be is going to the end range of joint available motion and kind of sinking into that. Even if you're doing that and you don't feel anything in the here and now, I can tell you sustainability wise it's not a good idea. Everything functions much better in the in the kind of in the middle ranges. Going to those end ranges which is sometimes glorified in yoga is not healthy for the joint structure. And then doing it repetitively Will only create these movement patterns and brain mapping that that's you will not identify when you're at your end range. And so another example is I got a message from a woman who was in the ER and she had um, popped her hamstring, quote unquote. Uh, she had gotten a hamstring strain in a yoga class when she went into a bound triangle, and my you know my my mind just was like what? I mean, it's just hard to hear that, really hard to hear that. And I felt horrible for her. And I've been in touch with her and she she is doing better, but there's still a a good degree of discomfort. And this is where you have the strain right up by the sit bone, where the hamstring muscle uh, tendinous junction um, attaches to the sit bone. And so if you were to go into these bigger ranges of motion and kind of sink into that, the sit bone at the end range there, there's, which is quite a few yoga poses condone, um, there's going to be potentially some damage there. I don't like to speak in the word of damage, but we have to talk about it, people. It's like sustainability is huge. My goal is to be practicing many more decades. And I have been practicing over two decades. And so I have my own body as a laboratory that I'm always experimenting on. And I have my studio as a laboratory and I see people in their 20s and their 30s and their 40s and their 50s and their 60s and their 70s practicing this style of yoga and it's sustainable. So, but you get into those in-range motions and you, whether you injure yourself or not, you are remapping the brain that it's hard to identify when you're actually there. So there's some, we are kind of already hardwired to give feedback. Hey, you're getting to the end range. Then there's ligaments there that also give you like, hey, you're getting into the end range. There's receptors. And when you keep pushing up against that end range, you are dulling those receptors and those responses and the nervous system. So you're not getting that feedback. These are for people who are hypermobile. Now, some people don't ever have to worry about that. And that's great. Those are the people um, that are not going to have to worry about this kind of sustainability. There's other things People that are more "quote unquote" tight, they're going to have to, you know, um, be concerned about for sustainability. But this is not one of them. But hypermobile people, to to really want to look at this long term, you've got to restrain yourself from going to the end range. And your brain cannot be a reliable source of feedback because you won't know when you're going all the way. You're going to have to feel like you've really restrained yourself from from sinking into poses. So be in the here and now, be in the moment to moment on your mat so that you can think, hey, I want to do this. I want to get stronger and I want this to be more sustainable. So pay attention on your mat. Now, for those who are not as hypermobile and and you're, uh, you need to pay attention to your movement patterns. Where are you moving? Where is the movement happening? Is it happening at the joint or is there some rigidity there or some... Um, restriction in the joint, and then you're trying to move somewhere else. So for example, the hip is one that I see a lot. If people get some uh, restriction around the hip, they'll they'll tend to move in the low back or they'll tend to move their knees instead, one of those two areas. And so those over time are not going to be sustainable. So it's better to pay attention and go slower and relearn some movement patterns now so that you can think long term you're going to be able to do this for a long time in a very happy and healthy body that's a big thing to pay attention so how do we do this in our life how do we how do we make these jumps into like not again we don't want to be freaked out but i think we get so it's so hard to think in the future that we think hey it's just easier to have the plastic bag or it's just easier to eat this certain way or buy these products or drive the extra mile. And we're just really not thinking much more than like today or maybe a month away. Instead of thinking like, what is the impact? I think it's a great calling for us and not think of it as a burden, but a calling. How can we be our best, be the pioneers of sustainability and turn the mothership around? Because we can do it. Like we could say, what a time in history. And do I want to sit this out or do I want to steer into sustainability? And I for sure want to do that, not just because I have children, but because of the magnificence of the world we live in. And I believe in the goodness of humanity. I believe that we all want to do better and be better. And so sustainability, we, we all have to chip in. We really do. And it, it has to come from a place of greatness and just pure intention and not from a place of fear. We need to pay attention to the fact that this is real. So one of the things I'll say about sustainability is let's believe this science. The science is not lying to us and it's showing that we are harming the earth. And we're harming it in um, not only a devastating way, but a devastatingly fast way. And I don't have to be the one that tells you all the doom and gloom about the number of species that have become extinct in such a short amount of time and the the rising um, temperature of the ocean, on and on and on. Um, But believe it. We can't not believe it. We can't bury our heads in the sand. We cannot afford to do that. And that is where we have to rise up to the calling of sustainability. So not only believe the science, but believe and know that you can change and transform. You can change and transform your yoga practice and you can change and transform the choices you make in your life that will not only improve you, but will improve the world around you. So some things that I'm working on because I, like all of us, have this work to do and I can fall victim to being in the here and now and not thinking about the future just like everybody else because there's there's an ease to it. It certainly is a lot easier to bury our head in the sand, sit on the couch and watch Netflix and not think about what can I be doing um, to answer this calling? So one thing I think we need to be attention to is our habits. And our habits, we can rewire any time. And that is magnificent. I've talked about this before, but our buying habits are huge. What do you purchase? Why do you purchase it? Do you need to purchase it? And what is the purchasing of it? How does it affect you and the people around you? And then extrapolate from there. What? How is it going to affect the earth? Even today and in the future. It all matters. So are you using, I mean, plastic obviously has now become a big thing. And I think in 10 years, I'm hoping plastic will just not even, um, certainly the 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 everyday plastic, the throwaway plastic, the bags, and you know plastic straws, of course, have gotten a big hit. but I mean, they're they're small in a lot of ways compared to the other big impacts, But all of it matters. So every little step counts. So take you know plastic straws, plastic bags. This is easy stuff. You know re- renewable brat bags and reusable brat bags, use that. Shop at places that um honor that and and reward those places that aren't using plastic bags. They're being banned in certain states right now. And, and let's work to leg- for legislation that all states and the United States and then all countries should be banning plastic. It is, um, talk about sustainability, it is, it is like um, just a scourge for our sustainability. So we all could probably do better on that account. And then how about paying attention to labels? Labels. You know what? What is going into it? Like I was talking about this with my daughter. She just kind of wanted to buy shampoo and conditioner, willy nilly, which means like you know without even thinking about it. And I've always we've always talked about labels because we're vegan, and so she's used to label reading. But she's used to reading for animal products, but she wasn't even looking for like pollutants or or these um, chemicals that not only would be harmful for her, but it would be harmful to get in the waterways. So I think we can really, again, reward the companies that are uh, promoting these sustainable products. And it doesn't matter if something's cheaper, there's a cost to cheapness and we know that. And so it's better to um, put a little extra money into something because you are being a steward of this world and you're thinking about more than just you. And I, I think that's something we all have to do more of. Um, the other thing is we need to try and um use our voice and our vote with everything. We vote with our dollars every single day. And uh what we choose to purchase to eat, um, of course, veganism has also this is the science. So if you if the the calling for the um not eating animals isn't doesn't resonate with you, then think about it from an environmental standpoint. It is devastating for the environment and we have got to change that. And I'm always wanting to help people with that. And I'm gonna have Eunice back on, Eunice Wong, who was on an earlier episode who wrote What the Health, but has also been involved in the Cowspiracy book and knows a lot about the, the science behind that. And this is science. We we have the proof and we're sticking our heads in the sand and just refusing the, to do something not only that's better for us, but that's better for the many generations after us. And of course it's better for the animals. That's not even, you know, an argument, but it really is important what we put in our bodies to eat, because it doesn't matter if it comes from a factory farm or like Eunice said on one of the, the um podcast, or from a smaller farm that seems like a quote unquote happy farm and sustainable because it's not sustainable. Those animals are taking up more resources and they're, and they're living longer. And so they're consuming those resources longer. It's astounding how much water it takes to just raise one cattle, you know, one head of cattle. So just become aware of these things. So live in the here and now, but look in the future. And what I think you'll find is that when you pay more attention to how you move your body, you will, you were more readily like jump on the bandwagon of movement for a better and happier future for yourself and those around you. I really believe that when we feel light and balanced in the body, of course, that inevitably inextricably, inextricably is linked to our spirit. We do care. We care more, in fact. We get out of our own thoughts. We get out of our own complaints. We get out of our own past and our stories, and that's what it is. A story is a story. It doesn't, um, it doesn't downplay what anyone has been through. But boy, if you, f- if I remember, one woman said to me who went through my training, she said, "You know, I feel so empowered now." And she said. I wish I had done this 10 years ago because the amount of time and energy I spent on thinking about what I was going to eat and what I wasn't going to eat. She said, I could have, you know, I could have saved children. I could have volunteered. She said, it was so much energy and all for what? And I said, well, look where you are now. But it's such a good point. We can really spend our energy in ways that isn't sustainable either in our thought processes and in our um, negative self-talk. So this is a lot coming from this one conversation with my daughter, but we had such a wonderful conversation about it. And so I encourage you to talk to a friend or a family member and think about like, how can you personally be more sustainable with your movements, with your life, with your choices? I think this is such a positive and and, um, empowering idea, you know, that we are leading the charge. Do you want to be sitting on the sidelines at this critical juncture in our civilization? Or do you want to be involved and say, I'm going to pay attention more? And that's what it is. This is not about being perfect, but it's about raising the spirit and joining the movement for a better planet, for a better livelihood, and for raising the stakes on our spirit and our love for each other and the world around us. So know that I'm cheering for you and I'm holding hands with all of you and we can do this and we, we need to do this. Let's not bury our head in the sand. Let's not continue doing any kind of movement pattern or, or behavioral pattern that is not sustainable. And let's take that idea and bring it into all the choices we make to benefit ourselves and all beings around us because we all want to be here and cheering for our globe for many, many years. So thank you and have a wonderful day. And I'm sending you lots of love and hugs.